everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got some uh, some new things to go into you this week. Uh, there may or may not have been uh, yet another recruit that happened this week. Uh, there may or may not have been another uh, commit happened this week uh, for LSU football, which seems to happen every week. Um, then there's also some more uh, some more rumblings in sports getting back together. We've got something solidified happening uh, relatively soon, but we also have something uh, you know in the works as far as uh, college baseball. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, before we do, just want to remind you folks, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so at Talking Tigs. No G in talking. Uh, we're also on Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast, and you can find our stuff on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, before we get into it, just want to check in with the co-host, see how you guys are doing since you're two-thirds of this pod. So um, h- how goes it down there in the bayou? Well, you know, it's another it's another great week, great week here in the Bayou State. This week, a little bit more highlighted uh, because I am now transitioning from the from my Michael Jordan year to my Derek Stingley year. So uh, that will be happening on Wednesday. Um, you know, very happy birthday to our co-host. <laughs> yeah, I'll be turning twenty four. Uh, let's hope this year is as good. My twenty fourth year is as good to me as Derek Stingley's first year. Uh, was playing for the Tigers. Yeah, doing pretty good. We're um, moved on to the the phase one of reopening. So people out and about on this Memorial Day weekend had some fun with the family. I really enjoyed that. I want to take a quick second to plug the Talking Six TikTok, which I've been grinding on, posting basically every day on there. We're already over 140 followers on there and over a thousand likes on all of our videos collectively. So go check that out at Talking Tigs. Uh, we have one video of Justin Jefferson that has almost 4,000 views at this point. So wow. Humble brags. Yeah. Wow. And I'm just throwing those clips together, but, uh, yeah, if you're a LSU sports fan, then check that out. Right on. Uh, good to hear on the TikTok. God, we're, we're getting so current. I can't stand it. Uh, but Tommy, uh, since you, since you brought it up uh, and it would be your birthday, I imagine you're going to, you're going to get a nice pretty cake. What would be, uh, let's say you're given, you know, one wish going forward for the rest of this year, you know, besides for, you know, health of you and your family, stuff like that. You know, what, would one, what would your one wish be? I mean, there's so many. Uh, we, could, we, could, we could narrow it down to sports. Sports, okay. Like. So like not world peace or end world hunger, because I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, very, yeah. I'm a very humble person. So I'd probably spend it on, on others. Of course. <laughs> but if it was just, if it's just sports related or just like LSU related, I mean, the obvious choice is probably that we get a, yeah, an un, uninterrupted full college football season. Um, I think that's, that's the most realistic wish that I have. Um, however, uh, I, uh, I would also say that I, uh, Success, you know, something we were talking about. Success for success for Miles Brennan. Success for this program going on into the next into the next chapter post Burrow, post Joe Brady. Um, I think that that's definitely achievable. And I and and the more and more that I hear, uh, you know, rumblings out of LSU, uh, out of the administration, out of their you know Zoom practices or, or whatever they're doing right now, uh, pre uh, pre the June eight workouts, which I think we're going to talk about next. Um, I think that we've got a great chance to, to, you know, continue this, uh, continue to make steps forward. You'd think you can't really go much, for, much more forward than, 
15 and 0 national champions, but uh, there's definitely room to improve in all aspects. And uh, something I heard the other day was Pelini on a podcast talking about um, how he actually says that this, this defense is more talented than the 07 defense he coached to a national championship win. It's pretty so, high praise. I know it's pretty high praise. So I think if I, if, if other than having an uninterrupted college football season, my wish would probably be that Bo Pelini uh, and everyone else's hype is real. That's a good one. I, and I hadn't heard that. It's, it's, it's interesting though, because he hasn't been here, you know, not even like a, a quarter, like even a full semester yet. Has, I, I think he's only, you know, they only, they were only in practice for, wasn't it like three days or something? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like in three days, he was like, yeah, that's all I needed. Yeah. But that's awesome. And yeah, the, uh, the, the workouts that you mentioned that we were going to talk about, uh, those are happening uh, relatively quick. The NCAA is allowing them to start on June 1st. LSU is deciding to start theirs on June 8th. And uh, I don't know, which I think is interesting because, I mean, they pretty much all they would be doing right now anyway is their own individual workouts, you know, voluntary stuff with, you know, probably Tommy Moffat and, and the weight team. So uh, strength and conditioning, right? I mean, they, that's, they, they wouldn't have been able to be doing anything with coaches at this point anyway. So it's, I don't know, things are kind of still on schedule, right? Yeah, it's, I think, a, a good move by everybody to, and it's very encouraging to see that, all right, if they got the players coming back in June, then I think the fans can get back in August and September. And plus, it gives the players plenty of time to work out. I think we were, we discussed a little bit before about these players coming straight out of high school and jumping on the field without really having that college conditioning and stuff first and just getting destroyed and play number one. So I think this is a great opportunity to start building that camaraderie with your fellow players, as well as obviously strengthening their bodies to get ready for the season. So I'm sure the players themselves are thrilled about this opportunity as well. Yeah. I mean, especially with so many, with so many freshmen that are expected to start, you look at a guy like Eric Gilbert or, um, a guy like uh, Elias another, Ricks or Eli- Booty. Yeah, Keishawn Booty, uh, Elias Ricks is another one. Um, although it looks looking more and more like he probably won't start opposite Derek Stingley. Uh, a lot of a lot of hype coming in for Cordell Flott <laughs> to be the other to be the other cornerback. But um, there are a lot of there are a lot of starters who I mean a lot of freshmen who you know are looking to start day one or at least compete for those jobs, and uh, they're going to need to take advantage of every minute they can have within this, this LSU development program, because, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest aspects of playing SEC football is just everyone is so much bigger. And so that it takes time to put, put weight and put uh, muscle on that, on those frames. So, you know, it, it's, it definitely seems like, you know, maybe we are kind of on track. They did lose a lot of, um, of useful time during the spring uh, but I actually saw an interview with Nick Saban, um, the other day where he was talking about, yeah, like we're not on the field as much, but we're gaining, we're, we're learning so much more in our meetings because we just have all the time in the world to talk. And so, you know, at least for him and I'm, if he's doing it, I'm sure she's doing it. And, and I think everyone's doing it, you know, there, and, and I know for a fact, coach O said, you know, he's actually really enjoyed the zoom meetings and he wants to keep those going after you know when, when everything's normal and you can still and you can still you know go meet with people he wants to do zoom meetings because um you could just spend so much time breaking down and you know basically like a full class of football 
and, you know, you can learn all the schemes and everything without having to, uh, you know, waste time or not necessarily waste time, but spend time on the field and getting, putting 11 people on a ball. Yeah. And in addition to that, it's, uh, it's, it seems, you know, small in comparison to what they go through the regular season, but not having to go through spring ball and, you know, possibly two a days. Um, it, like you said, it's, it's good to get in the classroom and just talk about things, but also it's, their bodies get that much more rest. I don't know. I think football is going to be a lot more refreshing this fall for, for a lot of different reasons. A, because people have been you know, deprived of, of a lot of things for, for a little while now. But also, I just think the you know, players are going to be hungry. It's like the season was over when all this hit, but I still feel like missing that spring ball and just you know, doing things with the guys. Uh, I think that's, it's going to bring this new energy this fall. I hope so, anyway. Um, uh, but I don't know. Was there... Did you guys have anything else on the uh, on practices starting? Uh, not really. The only other comment was that pretty much the whole SEC schools were saying they're going to go back on June 8th. I know some of the other conferences were delaying a little bit, like some in the Pacific, and then other conferences didn't want to just hop right in, which maybe an SEC can get a little go-ahead there, uh, like the ACC schools up by New York and then out West or don't, they don't feel so confident getting back into football. So maybe just get, get that little extra edge. I mean, they just say about the SEC, it means more. It so we're more. willing to, <laughs> to risk our, our life and limb for our football, which is probably a good trade. Well, I think that the, the interesting thing is just going to be like when, and I mean, I know for a fact, just because the, you know, the talking heads need stuff to talk about in like, come, let's say October, you know, October, November at the, the home stretch. We're not in the playoff yet. We're not like fates aren't decided, but games are starting to matter. Right. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, how much I want, I'm interested to see is a coach going to going to blame a loss on, well, you know, we didn't have that. We're starting a bunch fresh and we didn't have that spring or is it, you know, mm-hmm. are the, is the media going to cover is, is the committee, is the media going to cover up for some, for some, uh, you know, for a favorite team's loss, a loss, or, or they don't get enough style points, but they say, Oh, well, you know what? COVID impacted them. They didn't start fall camp until September. I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, it's going to, I can guarantee it's going to happen. It's going to be a talking point. And so it's definitely something to keep in mind. I, I tend to, the more and more I think about this season and I think about going in trying to, you know, predict, um, and we, it's, it's too early to do that, but as I'm just starting to think and getting that mindset of who's, who's going to be up the top. I still tend to think that, you know, people programs returning and retaining talent is even, is even more, is going to be even more of an edge than it typically is. Um, So you look at a a school like Georgia who lost Jake Fromm, who was their, you know, their leader for what, three years now and, or four, didn't he start as a freshman? Something like that. Yeah. Well, he took over. Yeah, he took over as a freshman because Jacob Eason got hurt. So you look at a, a school like them, they're bringing, you know, all before coronavirus happens, all intentions are they're going to be a great team because they bring in Jamie Newman from Wake, who's experienced quarterback. They'll, you know, on ramp, off ramp him into the system during the spring. Everything's great. Contender. Now, maybe the SEC, uh, the, the, uh, the, the SEC East looks a little bit more in Florida's favor just because they have their, they've had their quarterback starting for an entire year in their system. They know what they're doing. So I think those are some, definitely some, some interesting, uh, 
it's going to be, it's going to just be interesting to see how all this falls out because it's, you can't really um, rely on the past and how things have typically gone. No, you can't. I think everyone's, and that's what makes this special is everyone's starting with a clean slate. So to anyone to make that excuse, that's like, I'm sorry. It's not like, you know, one part of the country and one part of the country only was affected by this. You know, if it was just a West coast thing and the PAC 12 was affected. Uh, yeah. You know, they could maybe make that, that statement, but I mean, the whole country has, has gone through some sort of the same thing. I also saw something about like, what if, you know, what if the team's ready to go, but you know, society itself was still, I don't know, something else came up, you know, it's like there was a, this, this NASCAR race in Darlington this past week. And I heard that there was a lot of different, you know, uh, uh, administration uh, executives from different sports talking to the people from Darlington after the race, mm-hmm. just giving them feedback. Cause you know, there were no fans in the stands, but I think just from a logistical perspective, they were seeing how that worked with everyone behind the scenes, being able to function as they normally would not cutting corners, not, you know, doing anything uh, that kind of hindered the production because that's what it is. It's like, if, if nothing else, I think these these people behind the scenes want this show to go on, so to speak. You know, the production itself, uh, as long as I can go, people can watch from home uh, and they can still get their sports. They just wouldn't be able to see it live, which would not be as good. But, you know, something is better than nothing. So I thought that was interesting because um, obviously I think they're just if nothing else, it's a contingency plan. You know, if 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 people can only watch at home, at least the game can still go on. So one so one thing that I've I've heard a lot of people talking about, I heard I'll give credit to uh I think it was either off the bench with Jordy Collada and uh, T Bob a bear, or it was Matt Moscone. One of those two from the, from ESPN, whatever in Baton Rouge um, talking about like, okay, so if you've got no crowds, then there's no crowd noise. Do they, do they allow you to pipe in? Like, is there artificial crowd noise? Is there, is it just completely silent? If it's, you know, if there is artificial crowd noise, do you get to, uh, does LSU, you know, does Tiger Stadium get louder crowd noise because of, you know, can, are they going to average it out over time or does Vanderbilt get, does everyone get the same amount of crowd noise? It's gonna be very weird. And you're then saying, you're saying actually in the stadium and not like on the TV broadcast. I'm so, well, I mean, I guess both, because if it was in the stadium, you would hear it through the TV broadcast, but you see what I'm saying though, because you can have the digital audio like oh, you mean like at home. Like, yeah, like, if it's right. actually in the is it actually in the same like on the yes. speakers? Like okay, well yeah, because like that's that's as much a part of. I mean, could you, wouldn't it be so? I, I feel like it'd be weird for these players. I think it'd almost be like anti crowd noise, where like if you if if there is if it's a completely silent game, I bet it would mess with some people's heads. I thought that would be kind of legit yeah. to watch, like, for just a little bit, just to hear, like, the crack of the helmets against each other and the coaches, like, screaming at them. Well, we, we, we hear that. We, I mean, we've all been to the spring game. You know what yeah, I mean? The spring game's true. pretty much silent. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be weird. The other thing that's kind of interesting, okay, so, like, if you, um, if you play this game, let's say there's no fans, do you think they still have a – uh announcer oh yeah so so they'd still announce it over the loudspeaker oh that no that's what i mean like um um yeah i think they would just to like say uh you know uh gain of three on the play blah 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 just so everyone in the stadium knows yeah 
So like that, I think that's an interesting thing is like, okay, so he's kind of just talking to like the players at that point. Then the, the other thing I heard, I was, I was in a work meeting and we were talking about, cause a lot of, you know, LSU is basically is run by the legislature. There's a lot of like political aspects as much as they are, um, you know, sports related. And, he, and the guy we were talking to was, he was saying, yeah, the issue isn't, let's say 25%, you know, like they, the 25% number is something they're always talking about, like 25% going to the, into the stadium. He's like, the issue's not that because, you know, tw- okay, you let them in, that's fine, right? The issue is, okay, if you're at an LSU game and there's 100,000 fans inside the stadium, how many thousand are outside the stadium, all on campus? It's like, you, you know, I mean? it's like double probably, right? There's, there's so many people who go, I know for, I know people who are like, well, we don't go to the games. We just, you know, we got a, we got our spot. We go outside, we got the RV, all that. And what do you tell those people? And if, you know, how, how do you do 25% of people just walking around? So that is a challenge. And the, you know, the, the risk management side of me says, well, if I, uh, if, you, you you really can't control the amount of people that are walking on a stadium. I mean, from my apartment, I can walk to LSU, no no problem. And if I really, even if they were like, you're not allowed on campus, if I really wanted to get on campus, I could get on. And I think once you're in, like, you could probably fly under the radar and say, I'm part of that 25%. So that almost makes me think, you know, unless they come up with either one, you're just going to, it's going to have to just be like, we're letting you in. And, you know, maybe only, maybe we only sell 25% of the tickets, but you free for all, you can do whatever you want on campus, or they're going to have to shut, you're going to have to say like, you're not allowed on campus and they're going to have to have police escorts and everything because it doesn't make it, you know, you see like the inconsistency there. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have to leave some of the campus open for students still. Right. Cause school will be in session. No, I know. I, there's, I, th- yeah. I just think, I think there are a lot of issues there with this 25% number if we're going to hold to it, which right. I, I mean, I, I could, I feel like I could shoot holes through a lot of, <laughs> I could shoot holes all day through the social distancing uh, requirements because it's, uh, it's like they're half on and half off. But, um, you know, with this one, I thought that was interesting. The guy was like, yeah, like there's like triple the amount of people outside of an LSU game as there are in, as there are inside. What do you, what do you tell those people? Cause they're not, you can't, you can't control that unless you shut down, unless you say no visitors on campus. Yeah, it would have to be some sort of like alternate ticket thing where they give an estimate for the amount of people around there. It's like they say, all right, there's typically 300,000 people here on a game day. We're going to issue whatever, 75,000 tickets, um, like some some pass. You got to come pick up can your you pass get, like a week Can before. you imagine getting ticketed, like asking, going going through it, going through like a, a line just to be able to walk like by the business yeah, college like, so you pick up your pass the week before and then so on game day you're walking around the stadium and then lsu constable stops you and asks you to see your uh, your game day pass and you better have that thing or they're gonna give you an escort out i mean typically it used it used to be you know when you were younger the only time you know the only time that lsu pd was an issue on game day is if you're a younger and you're worried about picking up an mip now you're gonna be worried about picking up you know getting detained for walking that's the world we live in these days crazy that is crazy well i don't know hopefully things you know the dust settles enough to where they allow people in stadiums like there's just this this thing just kind of goes away i don't know i feel Um, i feel like one i feel like 
I mean, I'm totally changing. Like I go back and forth, you know, like four weeks ago, if you asked me, I said no football at all. It's not happening. Now I'm starting to get the feeling by the time August, September comes, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone, if, if all the decision makers just basically pretended like it never happened and said, all right, come on in. Right. <laughs> like, here we go. Let's let's football season. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was plenty of uh, footage around this weekend of, you know, people out, uh, I guess, celebrating Memorial Day weekend, just kind of a first big holiday to where they were kind of free to go outside. And I don't know, they, 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 it just looked like, you know, business as usual in America. It's, you know, it's fine. People just having a good time. They weren't really, you know, following uh, any social distancing, but I don't know. I think that's, that's what they want to do. You know, it's the same with the tailgating. How are you going to, how are you going to police thousands of people? You're just going to have a, enough cops with a bunch of rulers and space people apart. Like it's a Catholic school dance. You know, you can't really do that. So <laughs> I'd say at some point you got, you know, you got to let, you got to let nature take its course. Um, but uh, I would say that, you know, there are still people working behind the scenes trying to think of the best way to move forward, uh, which kind of transitions into our, our next segment about uh, college baseball specifically. Um, and uh, by the way, there was a, uh, I got a lot of this reporting by Kendall Rogers at D1Baseball.com. So he, he had a really good story about it um, because all the, you know, the behind the scenes guys, uh, mo- mostly a lot of coaches. I think there was coaches from five, all, all five power, power five conferences and, and some others, uh, including, you know, Mike Bianco from Ole Miss, uh, the head coach from Michigan. Um, uh, let's see, UC Irvine, Virginia, ECU, uh, among some others. They're all getting together and figuring how to, how to go forward because they wanted to get their season and everything uh, squared away. But apparently they are using this, you know, everything that's happening now as a reason to kind of just make a bigger change with the sport itself, just because I think a lot of them have wanted to for some time now, um, possibly back since like the, the mid to early 90s. So what they're talking about doing is moving the college baseball season up a month to start in like mid-March. So that means the College World Series would be going on, you know, early, mid-July. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's very interesting. They've wanted to do this for a while because they thought it would kind of help level the playing fields of that sport specifically, uh, especially with the Northern schools. And when I, you know, when I thought about it, it's like, well, you know, they just want to get more butts in seats, but that kind of does make sense. If, you know, if the, you know, the big 10 teams, they're going to start their season in February and they're going to be playing with snow on the ground or practicing, you know, doing their spring training with snow on the ground. Um, which, you know, is kind of needless if they can just postpone it a month and, and be better off. Snow and baseball should only be in October. That's just a personal opinion of mine. Uh, but they're talking about moving the season back, and that would help. And they, this article that I mentioned had some really good uh, charts specifically about how um, season, uh, the attendance over the season rises each month as the weather gets better in, you know, different parts of the country. Which, you know, it kind of makes sense. And, you know, from that standpoint, it's, it's probably a business decision. I will say as a little sidebar, you look at LSU's numbers and we are 10,000 strong or more per month from April all the way through June uh, once the season starts. So I just wanted to mention that because you look at everyone else and the argument was, well, as you look at their their first month, Arkansas was the example. They're down at 7,000 
But then by the time June rolls around and the season's ending, they got like 11,000 in their park. So they're just trying to say, you know, people would show up more in the beginning of the season if they started later. It's like, well, <laughs> not in LSU because we, we don't have that problem. Uh, but anyway, so I just wanted to, uh, to mention that. And it's, you know, it's people trying to make something happen. But what would you, uh, what do you we could start with you, Tommy. What, do you, what would you think of starting baseball uh, a month sooner? And I don't know if that would have any, you know, repercussions on, on other sports. I don't think it might unless, you know, if you're a two-sport athlete. But, I mean, as, as long as you're doing something in one sport, you're pretty much training for the next one. Um, so, uh, yeah, what, what do you think about uh, this new shakeup in baseball? So, you know, I hadn't heard that until you mentioned it um, oh, okay. earlier. But, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, first of all, I mean, my granddaddy always said, baseball was not meant to be played in the cold. And, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of ridiculous these days that the, that the World Series will end up being, like, being played in November um, I think that's, you know, so I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with the thought of, I mean, I can't imagine trying to start, well, actually, no, I can't imagine start, trying to start a season in February because we did it in high school and it was miserable. So, and it always rained, you know, it, it's, a, you know, you get snow in, uh, up North, it's all snowy, but down here it's just rainy. And, you know, there were a couple games that I was trying to go to before everything shut down. And I remember them getting rained out. And I think the other challenge that, that a lot of schools have and that this would alleviate is that, you know, th- you think about LSU just this year at the, the, ver- the, the week that we started baseball, I remember we, I th- the first baseball series, I believe was, was on February, like started February 14th. I remember that. I think it was like, or it was like 13, 14, 15. It was a three game series, I believe. And, um, that same weekend LSU basketball was playing one of their like most important games for SEC, like for SEC contention. And they were playing, I forget who it, it was one. I mean, I think it was one of the games they lost might've been Florida or something, but um, anyways, you know, you end up as a fan having to choose, you know, are you, are you going to go to baseball? Or are you going to go to basketball? Are you going to keep up? And so it's, I think it is tough. And especially, you know, for me as a, as a, student or whatever or it's it's fine because you got the time but if you're a if you're a uh you know working person and you've got um stuff to do you know it'd be kind of difficult so i do think it kind of that would that would lend itself to putting more emphasis on basketball in their home stretch and then by the time baseball really heats up you know so they're they start playing mid-march give it three or four weeks They've had, you know, they, they're really getting into the home stretch of their season. March Madness is over, and here you go, it's baseball. And then that also gives a little bit, gives them some more time to to have all the attention on them. So I think I like the idea. I think it works out fine. Um, I was a little bit worried that you were saying they were going to try and move it back because of Corona or something when you first introduced when you first said, oh yeah, they're thinking about moving the move the the, the season. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, well, that's that's what I thought, and then I said, "Oh, okay, that sounds interesting." So I read the article, and all the reasons of why they were moving it didn't have anything really to do with Corona. It was just something they thought about. But since the season's been canceled, now they're like, "All right, well, you know, now that the season's been scrapped, uh, let's start let's start anew with this model in mind." And um, it's it's come about for a lot of different reasons, you know. But um, I think. You know, one thing that, that they did say was it's not, you know, as a sport, it's not that profitable 
for schools. Like even in the SEC, there's only LSU, A&M, and Old Miss in Arkansas that I think that even have a profitable program. Mm-hmm. And somehow, Vandy just breaks even. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, you'd think that, you know, as, as good as they were, that they'd be turning over more tickets. But, uh, but anyway, um, but so that's one side of the, the financial aspect. But another side is, too, is, uh, you know, for these Southern teams, uh, you know, to have a, like a good opponent come in, you know, they, they have to pay for that. It's like a guarantee. And changing the season this way, they said, would supposedly save maybe ten to 20000 um, per event because they wouldn't have to pay a guarantee for these teams to come down. So that's another aspect of it too. I didn't realize that there was, you know, it was like football where they had to, you know, kind of pad these other teams just to get them to come play down here. But you know, I guess that's how it works. And um, also think about, think about like, so if you've got the the college world series in July, you know, it lines up real well with, um, you know, that's kind of a lull. Uh, you've got the all-star break probably around that same point for major league baseball. Uh-huh. But, you know, if they time it right, where they're not, where they're not hitting that all-star break weekend, it's kind of like an empty, you know, it's, it's regular season baseball, which is fine, but it's not going to be, you know, I feel like at this, I feel like you, a lot of times in that playoff college baseball, you're also kind of running into the NBA. They're, they're wrapping up with yeah. the finals. So. No, July, July is a dead, it's like a dead period for sports. Yeah. Like you said, baseball is the only thing. And there's like these few days before and after the all-star game where there's just nothing going yeah. on. So it would be a good, good alternative. Um, I just wanted to toss out a quote really quickly. Um, I forget, I think is I forget who it was, I think it was the, the director of this, this group. Um, or it might've been, I think Michigan's head coach was the guy that was kind of fronting this whole thing. Um, but they put out a statement. It said, regardless of geography, playing college baseball in February and March doesn't make sense financially, academically, and certainly not medically speaking. So, that's why I'd say it's just based on that statement alone. It doesn't sound like they're, you know, deciding to move this, this whole sport for, for the sake of, uh, you know, like a, an outbreak of, of virus. It's, it sounds like more deep seated than that. Um, but it's, you know, like I said, they, they, they put financially first. So I think that was probably most key to them. Uh, but you know, it's, it, I think it could, uh, you know, it, it could, it could turn into something more like, cause you know, kind of how, like LSU, they profited so well from the football program they started to give back. So, I mean, if baseball was able to profit more, others' teams were able to profit more, you know, they could spread that money around. Uh, so, yeah, what do, what do you uh, – I don't Daniel. What, what do you say about the college baseball season back? Yeah, I think you'll hit pretty much all the, the key points there. Uh, like Tommy was saying, it just kind of smoothens the transition between basketball to football and kind of fills that void for college sports fans who are hungry for – that entertainment and it's uh i'm not quite sure how it would work for the players themselves as far as their academic calendar and then they're basically like year-round students at that point but i'm sure they would work something out and uh, yeah i mean down here i don't know if i would want to go spend a whole weekend sitting out in 100 degree heat watching baseball (laughs) but it's definitely better for the schools up north and because, like you said, unless you're maybe a Green Bay Packers or a New England Patriots fan, you don't really want to see sports in the snow. And that's what you're going to be getting in the, uh, the Minnesota baseball up in February. So right. I could definitely see it working. 
if they do make the change, I wouldn't imagine it would happen for maybe two to three years because these things kind of take time. But it's an interesting uh, proposition at least. Yeah, yeah. But I know one thing wouldn't change. If LSU went to Omaha, their numbers wouldn't change at all. No matter, you know, if it was 100-degree temperatures, that town is Baton Rouge North for <laughs> a reason. Um, but, uh, you know, having, having said all that, uh, I believe there was a – a, uh, another LSU recruit, which makes it, I don't know how many weeks in a row now, uh, but for that, I did want to toss it over to our senior recruiting correspondent, Daniel, just to give us, uh, give us that news. Sure. So this past week, we got a commitment, our first commitment from a, a ranked player in Louisiana, uh, Mr. Savion Jones, a defensive end from St. James High School in St. James, Louisiana. They actually won the Division 3A state championship in Louisiana this past year. I drive past there quite often on the way to Baton Rouge, and they had signs everywhere. I never got to see him play, but I watched a little bit of his highlights, and he's a, a dominant DN, 6'5", 240, and just he's also he's a three-sport athlete. He plays basketball and, and throws shot put for the track and field team as well. So he's got that strength. He's the number – ranked as the number 11th defensive end in the country, uh, 154 overall. So LSU keeps building up that D-line, and I'm sure we'll have uh, more prospects from Louisiana to commit here coming up. But, yeah, like you said, it's good to see kind of week in, week out. It seems we're picking up somebody. That means we're up to 12 total recruits for the 2021 class. So we're pretty much halfway there. And, yeah, I mean, we got some closing speed, I think, with all the, the highly touted recruits in Louisiana as well as a few outside state targets to go. Uh, one other player – uh, wide receiver uh, Michael Sturdivant of Marcus High School outside of Dallas uh, also releases top four schools, LSU included. He's a four-star wide receiver. And so he catches passes from LSU commit here at Nussmeyer in high school. So if you're um, predicting, then I would expect him to commit here quite soon in the next couple of weeks. I bet they'll take their uh, connection on to LSU. We'll, we'll see about that one. Uh, but, yeah, um, excited to see where our commitments go forward. Yeah, you know Garrett's going to be in his ear. Like, come on, man. Let's make magic happen again one more time <laughs> at LSU. Um, so along with recruitment news, you know, there's always – it seems like there's some transfer news. Um, not at LSU this, this week, thank goodness. But uh, do you guys see uh, Alabama had a QB transfer? Yeah, to his brother, he's gone. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors in the past – months to years that he wasn't happy at Alabama and it seems that's the case because now he has transferred to Maryland he's going to throw passes to former LSU commit Rakeem Jarrett and yeah that also kind of by cascade mode uh, closes out Maryland as an opportunity for Caleb Williams and LSU got Garrett uh, Nussmeyer so it seems Oklahoma is the last team left standing for him but yeah I mean Maryland is somehow on the upswing as a college football program maybe but We'll see how if Talia Tagovailoa can find any sort of success like his brother did. Well, the interesting thing about that is, you know, the head coach of Maryland is the former, uh, what was he like? Was he a wide receiver coach or uh, offensive um, line coach at uh, Mike, Alabama? Mike, it was uh, Mike Loxley. I think he was the OC for one year. Yeah. Um, Matt so, Kennedy was there too, wasn't he? He was. N- not anymore, though. No, no. Uh, um, I think he left when that kid died remember yeah um but so so that is you know that bama connection to maryland is and maybe they're trying to put something together i don't know but the i don't know if y'all did y'all hear about the other 
the other news from a familiar last name in college football making a transfer. Cam Newton's brother, I think it's Kalen. Kalen Newton will be transferring from uh, Howard to Auburn University. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I did see that. Because, yeah, Howard, the HBCU, and I think it's DC maybe. But um, yeah, yeah that's right. Move, moving on up. So I guess he's kind of following in Cam's footsteps because Cam was at community college after he was at Florida, but then uh, stepped up. And yeah. so, well, you know, now they're saying, I, I don't know if, um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but you look at that guy we talked about maybe two podcasts ago, uh, Demetrius. What's yeah. His, Demet- that was the, yeah, I know. You're he, he's he's the, everyone but Auburn. He's yeah. He's an Auburn guy. So he's an Auburn. So he's like a, you know, he committed. Then you got Bo Nix, who's only a sophomore this year. Now you've got Cam Newton's brother coming in and then they have another guy who's, who's supposed to be pretty highly touted. So, you know, is Bo Nix, especially once this, once Newton gets in there, is Bo Nix still the best quarterback in, in at Auburn? And I think I, I know, I know, an, I know a couple of Auburn fans who'd probably say they'd like to get rid of Bo Picks, but um, we'll find out. I guess we'll find out, and Gus Malzahn will have a, de- a decision to make. But that's something to watch out for. Yeah, because he's one of the very few returning starting QBs in the SEC West, anyway. Uh, the, the, some of the East too, but uh, it's like. A&M and I think Auburn are the only ones that, well. Well, you know, A&M has, the best, that I know. A&M has the best quarterback in college football returning. From He was the best quarterback last year. According to whom? According to himself. Kellen oh, right, Mond. Right, right. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and he, he, so Kellen Mond, the man who, who loves to talk and, uh, and spew a lot of nonsense, he did you see what he recently said about how well if LSU can do it A and M is definitely going to do it yeah it's like all right Kellen yeah we heard we heard that you were going to you were going to win the Heisman last year you said that at SEC Media Day yeah and then may I remind you that that after two quarters of play against LSU how many offensive yards was it two offensive yards I think it was mm. so yeah let, let we'll we'll believe it when we see it Kellen get him Tommy. <laughs> the, hey, the best Kellen, the ke- best Kellen in college. Wait, is it Kellen or Kelland? No, it's Kellen. Yeah. The best Kellen I've ever known is Kellen Moore from Boise State. Who is now. Now the OC, right? The Cowboys. Yeah, he's yeah. the OC at Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you, you want that kind of confidence in your quarterback. You want your quarterback to think that way. Uh, I mean, it's just, I think it just kind of, he, he could have had someone craft a statement like that, expressing his confidence in him and his team's abilities without comparing himself to LSU. Well, if they did it, then we can do it. It's like, yeah, but, uh, I mean, we beat them, what, 51 to eight or something like that. That's just, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not how you build this, build a championship season. But anyway, it just um, makes no sense that there this, this stupid manufactured rivalry, you know, like, it it started with them replacing the the golden boot game with the A&M game which was originally you know the golden boot game was originally played Thanksgiving week now it's now they made it A&M cuz because A&M was the new team and they manufactured this rivalry well now you know i don't think anybody at LSU really takes it seriously as a rival i mean i know i don't but Especially A&M after seven straight wins no yeah exactly but A&M you if you'd think A&M was playing it was like playing Texas or something 
Like, you know, they consider this to be like their game, their, their Super Bowl. Well, and, it has to be because Texas won't play them anymore. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you got to come. You can kind of compare it to our game versus Alabama. That's like our biggest rival, but we're not their biggest rival. No, but I think I think Alabama has at least some, and I'm not going to say respect because they don't respect us, but they have they respect the game. It's always a game. It's a game. It's a game that they have circled on their calendar. Like I, you know, I don't think that uh, I, I I understand what you're saying, but like. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast too. The weird thing about LSU is we really don't have a a true rival. We don't have an Auburn, you know, an Auburn to our Alabama or something like that. Um, we yeah, don't multiple. have an, an Egg Bowl. So that's that's kind of the nature of, of LSU. But I can guarantee, but I, I can guarantee, uh, you know, ten out of ten LSU fans, you stop them on the side of the road, you say, "Well, who's our rival?" They they may say they may have different answers, but none of those answers are A and M. Exactly. Well, I think that's just a good old boy thing because, you know, they were rivals back in the day. And so once they joined our conference, I think that, you know, that network was, oh, yeah, we need to bring back the rivalry because they're thinking back to their time. But like you said, it's just we don't care. Like I, I kind of miss the, the Golden Boot game, but Arkansas has not been good for a little while now. So that's why I would say if AM, like since they joined the SEC, if every game that we have played them, regardless of whether it was win or lose, if every game we played them was like that seven overtime game, we might feel differently. Yeah. And AM also at least has a large and a very passionate fan base. You got to give them that. Definitely. Uh, I guess. Don't you mean that, cult? <laughs> I wasn't going to use the word, but uh, they're, they're dedicated to their school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be dedicated to, to wear an all white jumpsuit to, to cheer. Yeah, to be to be a male cheerleader. Wow. That's dedication <laughs> to dress up in, in in military fatigues and be part of a mil- a paramilitary force. <laughs> yeah, well, they used to do a bonfire every year before yeah. I think the Texas game. They had to do away with it because it was just one just disastrous uh, evening. But I mean, they they are probably one of the they have a lot of storied traditions there i mean lsu definitely has theirs but um and then like you said it's it is a um i'm not going to say a cult but they they very strongly believe in their in their system and their tradition there that's all i got to say about that (laughs) do you guys have anything else uh you wanted to mention you know i do scott this is something that's been it's been on my mind for a while now uh, and I think it's about time that I unleash this on you and on the listeners. Cause you know, this is the talking ticks podcast. We talk everything. We talk all things, tigers talk about LSU tigers. Uh, we talk about, uh, our tigers from the North, the Bengals who will take one of our former tigers, Joe Burrow. But this, t- this, this, I, I need to talk about a different kind of tiger. I am fed up with people making these memes and jokes and whatever and talking and just talking about Tiger King. I haven't watched it. I don't plan on watching it, but I'm here to tell you that Tiger King is the new office. You know, everybody who watches the office, they think that it's just like, Oh man, have you seen the office? Oh, you need to see the office. Like, look at what Jim did. Did you see what, Oh, that funny thing Michael Scott did. Oh, Oh, you know, and now, now the new the new Dwight is Carol Baskin, 
And again, I've never watched it. I don't know what her thing is other than that she killed her husband or something, but I'm tired of it. Don't watch it and quit talking about it. That's all I have to say. I mean, it's kind of a stale take a little bit because Tiger King's already faded away. That was early quarantine. No, I I still see it everywhere. Well, maybe you spend too much time on Facebook watching some, seeing some moms post some memes about that. Well, you know what? Like maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe there's somebody out there listening who needed to hear that. Okay. If you're still posting, I think I was tired of it when it first started because that's why I didn't watch it. Um, I didn't really care, but now, like now I'm like, I'm now I'm fed up. I had to, now I had to take it to the airwaves before I was just going to keep it inside and say, you know, enjoy your time, enjoy your tiger. But now I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah. I think it's, I think a second wave is just hit that. That might've been what you're going through. Cause when you, I didn't know where you were going when you started, but then once you started on the tiger King, I was like, Oh, that's right. That I forgot about the tiger King because that seemed like forever ago, but it was really like, I think I finished the series like a month and a half, maybe two ago, if that. So yeah, just time is flying by with all, you know, uh, but an interesting take. Uh, I'm glad you, you know, you got it out there, got it off your chest. You just, sure there's you a just lot of people that agree with you. Just open the door for me to unleash a barrage of Tiger King memes into your inbox. So be prepared. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, you're on the, you're the TikTok guy. I don't have TikTok, but I've seen enough TikToks to know it's still all over. It's still on TikTok. I know that's true. That's true. There's they a little, do, there's a little uh, Carol Baskin uh, that TikTok song. song, and it's still going. In fact, okay, that actually that's that's even it. That's it, Daniel. Okay, I have that freaking song in my head. I can sing it right now. I'm not going to, but it's you know da na 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 da na da da na, and I'm absolutely tired of it. And it, every time I hear it, I just think of Carol Baskins. Like, and and I'd never seen the, se- the show, and I'm tired of it. So so move on. Thank you for that PSA. Yeah. Uh, but just so you know, Carol Baskin is probably the world's biggest slash worst cat lady. <laughs> biggest as in big cats. As in but the, large of the, cat, the largest of the cat. Exactly. Oh, she is just, uh, don't get me started. Um, anyway, all right. So that was, a, that was a good fresh take. Daniel, you got anything before we head out? Uh, not really. I will uh, continue to post some TikToks. Dro- dropped one today, top five TV sports themes. So go check them out, see which one is number one. Could it be Monday Night Football? Could it be uh, SEC on ESP, uh, SEC on CBS? Excuse me. Who knows? A little bit of foreshadowing there, Daniel. SEC on ESPN. Because they got the contract now. Yeah. Like we're not, we don't have SEC on CBS anymore. I know it's sad. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, Vern was gone anyway. He was my favorite. I, I liked Vern too. A lot of people hate Vern. I liked him. Oh, Gary. Gary is just hard to listen to at this point. At least Vern was, you know, just excitable to listen to. But Gary, I, almost, I almost included the master's theme with Vern on the, the list, but that would have just been a little bit too low energy. But maybe for like pure, like best songs, that could go on there. That could be like ASMR. Like you just put that on with Jim and Ants in the background. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, I think that'll just about do it for us. Although I did see something this week that uh, they're rolling out this new side at Tiger Stadium, y'all. Uh, it looks good. I think it's going to be ready for the fall because the football team is going to be ready to play. 
Um, but that'll, uh, like I said, I think that's, that's all we got for you this week. Check back next week. We're going to have some more news for you. I'm willing to bet another commit, another commitment happens as well. Maybe a, a transfer too. You never know. Um, uh, we did want to take uh, a few moments at the end of our podcast today, since we are recording on Memorial day, just to kind of hold a few seconds of silence, uh, for those that we have lost and to just really, um, uh, hold true to the the purpose of today so we're just going to close out our podcast with roughly 18 seconds of silence uh, for memorial day <laughs>